Nordoff Robbins is a music therapy charity. We believe in the value of music for all people in society. We want to live in a world where through music, human potential is recognised regardless of disability, illness or social exclusion. We hope that by listening and hearing about the value of music through the eyes of these artists in this podcast, you will begin to understand how music and music therapy can benefit the lives of those who are faced with significant challenges. Find out more about music therapy and Nordoff Robbins at nordoff-robbins.org.uk. I got to a point where I wasn't listening to that much music for pleasure anymore. It was for references for the records I was making. And now I listen to music with fresh ears. And I think about not only how I can use it for my own songs, but just how it makes me feel. Hello and welcome to Three Track Therapy. I'm Chris Hawkins. I'm a radio presenter and I love how amazing music makes us feel. And I'm Louise Gregg, a music therapist at Nordoff Robbins Music Therapy. I help people with their physical and emotional well-being through the shared experience of playing music together. In each episode of this series, Lou and I are joined by a different musician who will share the three tracks that have had the biggest influence on their lives. could be a song that they've written themselves or a track by another artist, whatever their selection. Three Track Therapy is all about allowing artists and songwriters to open up about key pieces of music that have helped them to process and then share how they feel these songs started coming out of me on their own and I was like, I can't just be in the background anymore. I need to be able to express myself. The better I felt when I heard a new song, the more I could trust that other people would feel the same way. I learned to trust that in myself, that if I loved something when I heard it, I believed that others would too. Our three-track therapy guest is a songwriter and former head of A&R at Psycho Music. It's Anya Jones. Anya has written songs for multi-award-winning group Little Mix, Bibi Rexa, Tom Grennan, and has also worked in A&R for Leona Lewis and Ella Henderson. Anya, thank you very much for being there. Hi, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, Anya, what's your first track? So my first choice is a song called More Than Words by Little Mix featuring Camille. It's one of the first songs that I co-wrote. And I think the significance of it for me is it's lyrically a song about female relationships um, and friendships and how women can lift each other up. When you were writing this, I guess you were having to represent their point of view in some ways. How, How did that work? Yeah, so this was the start of album five and we went to LA to work with Timberland, who was a huge sort of icon to all of us in music. Um, And Camille, had been writing songs for them every day and there was this feeling that we were all evolving you know we'd been working together all these years the girls wanted to evolve their sound and the kind of things they were saying I was evolving from an A&R into a songwriter which I'd always sort of wanted to be deep down and Camille was evolving into an artist she had this incredible voice and a lot to say so the idea came about and, and Camille put the chords down um And she came out of this lyric, I need you more than words can say. And she said, this kind of sounds like the thing I want to put out for myself. And I said, why don't we make it a duet between yourself and the girls? And why don't, you know, she she and I decided that we would talk about that relationship. And because I'd sort of been a witness to this amazing relationship between Camille and Little Mix, I was able as a songwriter to contribute and say, this is how I think the girls saw it. This is how I saw it from your perspective. You know, and we came up with all these different lines about 
how they had interacted and brought so much goodness out of each other over the years. You say you'd always wanted to be a songwriter. When did you feel confident about sharing what you'd written? It took me a long time, but we were always really welcomed into the writing community as A&Rs. And so I was building up my confidence through that time, constantly giving people ideas, but always feeling in the background. And I think that year, 2018, it, something happened to me the year before where I just these songs started coming out of me on their own and I was like I can't just be in the background anymore I need to be able to express myself and Camille and I had such a good relationship that she was open to me doing that with her and you know alongside her on this project so I think it started around two years ago and I've been building my confidence to be at the forefront kind of ever since then. Maybe talk us through a little bit around how how this how this track was composed, like talk to us a little bit about the music in it and how that came about. So Camille and I wrote this song with Timberland and his team of writers, Feddy, Angel and Lance. And we we were drawn to Timberland because his music was very dramatic, R&B, a bit darker. And that's something the girls really wanted to, to work with. Um, Camille put the chords down and it was kind of just these three simple chords, but they were the way they were played and the space between them and the drum beat between them, it felt very open and bare. And I think the girls before the productions of their songs had sometimes been quite crowded and busy. And this felt like a very honest because the production was laid bare. There wasn't much in there. So anything we were going to say was really going to stand out and you were going to be able to wait for that heartbeat moment for the next line to come in and really sort of take in what you were hearing. We'd been listening to New Music Friday that morning, I think, and we were trying to listen to more left and sort of alternative references for vocal ideas because we always wanted to do interesting vocal things with the girls. And we, we had this idea to do like a stutter and to break the lyrics up. So Camille laid down some melodies that were fantastic. And then once she had that I Need You More Than Words Can Say title, we got into this idea of speaking about how these women had affected each other's lives, you know, taking it line by line, talking about something that had happened, sharing each other's words, sharing each other's pain, putting it into stories. Um, And what was beautiful about it was, you know, Camille had been in the background for a long time as the girl's writer, but she wanted to be an artist. And in them doing this duet and talking about the relationship, it was like she was having this moment to shine. So that felt really good. Yeah, the um, is there a, is there an extent to which music is really the the thing that's existed between them? Mm-hmm. Um, like you know the the song talks like there's a lot of lyrical content about like you save me and mm-hmm. and it feels like the song is um as much about their relationship to music as it is about to each mm-hmm. other. Is that is that something that you've personally found within music that it's a space of saving and a space of um connection to other people? Massively. And yeah, you're so right. I think music is the thing that drew us all together. And for me, the beautiful thing about music is um, it's a language that you don't have to explain. Like if you feel a certain way when you hear a piece of music, it's this instinct. And that's something that I had to use in my job a lot. Like the better I felt when I heard a new song, the more I could trust that other people would feel the same way. And that was my job, identifying what I thought was a hit. But what that really means is a song that will connect with someone on a deeper level. And I learned to trust that in myself. That If I loved something when I heard it, I believed that others would too. How did you feel when More Than Words was launched? 
it felt amazing to have words that I had contributed out there that felt incredible for my benefit. I massively also felt really proud of these sort of five women who I'd watched grow and their relationship grow that we'd been able to put into a tangible piece of music this elevation that they'd given to each other through the years and and then in turn you know Camille was coming out from the background I was coming out from the background too because I was showing myself as a songwriter which was my dream so it felt like a lot of um, it felt like a big full circle moment for all of us, I would say. Listen, Anya, will you tell us about the second track that you have chosen for yeah. us today? So this is Yes by McCommon and Butler. And to me, this is the most positive, uplifting song in the world. <laughs> My sister introduced me to this, I think, and I must have only been about 11 or 12, but I I remember hearing it for the first time and the effect it sort of had on my body as well as my mind, you know. Why do you think that is? I think there's a few things it does. I think that, you know, from the word go, something exciting is about to happen. There's this stomping drum beat and then all of a sudden this, you know, this string arrangement that almost feels sped up or wonky, like it's on a vinyl player. And you kind of don't know where you are, but it's the strings just, the way they go up and just, they lift you instantly. Um, There's something really unusual about the sound of it. And I think they did that on purpose. Um, It reminds me of a Phil Spector kind of wall of sound record. Yeah. You know, you can't help but feel good when you hear it. Yeah, it's it's really anthemic. Um, yeah. But at the same time, sort of the lyrical content of it is, it's sort of sassy, isn't it? It's kind of, yeah. it, it there's some pain in there. It's not just like a feel-good anthem. Is that element of it something that draws you to the song? Massively. I think I've always loved like a bittersweet song. And I was reading a review of this song. It was like, if you bumped into an ex, this is the song you'd want to be playing as the theme. It's like, you know, I think they do a few things to, to give you that bittersweet feeling I was you know I was playing it and I was looking at the chords and it modulates every time it comes out of the verse it modulates doesn't it, it changes key so you have this moment of being like like yeah like everything's great it's these sort of levels of defiance I would say in this song and I think they'd come out of difficult situations both McCarmon and Butler and they uh were sort of saying I'm better because of something bad that's happened to me like and I think that really resonates with me this feeling of when bad things happen it's an opportunity for growth and for exciting things to come after it and yes feels like that morning when you wake up and you're finally over it you're just like I feel better like thank god like everything's going to be all good you know so that's what I love about it. Has there been a particular time when you've start that on when you've been feeling in a particular way and and your mood has changed completely as a result I've had periods of feeling extremely burnt out through work or stress or you know relationship breakdowns and I would say this is the song that is like a remedy to me because uh, there's no choice but to get up and and feel happy and you know to get on with your life um I was looking at a few things about it as well about why it makes me feel so good and and why it also why it feels so bittersweet. And I noticed that in the chorus, even when he says, I feel better or I feel all right, he goes to the minor. And it's like that feeling that something bad did happen, but something good is going to happen after it because then you come back to the major chord. And I think that's why something I really like about it. Yeah, the I think the chords um, in this song are fascinating because 
that like you said before the the use we don't know if it was on purpose or not but yeah. the the use of them kind of has this this movement and this idea of moving from one stage to the next yeah. um like it does things that you're not expecting but it in a in a nice way you kind of feel a bit shocked by it but not yeah. offended by it um, and yeah. it, it definitely contributes a lot to the song um that vocal as well for me yeah um totally. it's kind of mesmerizing is that something that you look for in a song do you think it contributes to how you connect to a song the vocalist who's actually singing it to you totally all I listen to is singers and all I get is is melodies and lyrics and that's been my thing like growing up I would listen to Aretha Franklin Mariah Carey and I would I would memorize every single ad lib like that's where my that's where the emotion really lay in the songs for me and I think there's no denying like this song is just levels and levels of vocal talent and um you know down to the outro and the the middle eight into the outro where he just goes off um and I think this this kind of his vocal has this kind of androgynous quality where you just it just relates to everybody you just feel like it's it's a mood rather than a human in a weird way if that makes sense yeah yeah that makes perfect sense um you mentioned the outro um that yeah. it's really interesting to me because that's the that's the bit where you really like get hit with that wall of sound like you mentioned yeah. before and the yeah. that vocal repetition of that line it sort of gets lost in amongst all of that the layers and layers of sound that are happening um mm-hmm. do you, uh, it sort of makes me think of um the way that we can get lost in music and mm-hmm. but somehow feel more connected to ourselves at mm-hmm. the same time is that is that your experience of of writing and of listening to music that's exactly it I think the reason why I love writing music so much is because it's a total escape from thought in a way like it's you know people say how do you write a song like how do you do that and what's wonderful about it is sometimes you don't it just comes to you and you just go on this train of thought where it's almost like your hands are moving on the piano before you thought about it or you wake up in the morning with a melody in your head and you can escape, you know, whatever problems you have, whatever you have to do that day. It's um, it's this almost magical thing, I think. I read this amazing book by Elizabeth Gilbert called Big Magic and she tells all these stories of how ideas and songs, you know, aren't actually of us. They exist in the ether and if we're lucky enough to sort of be the channel of the idea that song uh, that day sorry then we um should feel so honored and like respect that moment and get into it and you know express that music and share it with other people so i am a bit of a hippie in that sense and i believe all of that stuff i get the the feeling anya that you have a modesty about you that you perhaps uh, are at a time in your life where you're kind of growing into yourself and and, and mm. gaining a confidence that perhaps you, you've you've never had yeah I think that's very true I think I always felt confident about music like music always made me feel confident because I I got it I felt like I understand it like I as a, even as a child I could recognize what a song was the second it came on or there's something in that was like my thing and so that's what gave me the confidence to sing when I was younger or to go into the music industry which is this you know terrifying place for a girl from Devon but that that gave me sort of strength and wings always music and I felt that was my instinct and I knew how to do that but in order to really be able to express myself and and the talent that I think I might have 
it took it took many many years and you know lots of sort of hiding behind people and you know figuring it all out and you know I'm in my 30s now and I just got to the point where it was like a tap turned on and the minute I sat on a piano at a writing camp one day a couple of years ago I just a whole song came out of me and from that moment on I bought a piano and then it's just never stopped and um I just think so much of being a musician is confidence because so many people know that they've got it but the ex the experience of doing it in front of somebody else showing them your deepest thoughts you know um it's very brave occupation so I'm getting there. Let's get your next third and final uh, track. What's this going to be, Anya? So the third track is Prince, Love Thy Will Be Done. done. This song was actually released, I think, by Martika. Prince wrote it for her and gave it to her in the way he gave songs to Shaka Khan or to, you know, Sinead O'Connor. But this is his version and it just took my breath away when I heard it last year I had moved to Amsterdam for a couple of months with my husband because I was out of my full-time job and sort of relishing my freedom so we went and and lived over there and I would write on my keyboard every day and Prince became the soundtrack to every morning for me it was like this ritual I would get up and I would listen to Prince in the shower and then I would go cycling like you do in Amsterdam and I would always listen to this song and there's something really healing about this record, I think. It's almost like a modern hymn, I would say, without feeling super religious. It's It feels like a meditation. It's sort of um, a mantra, like a manifestation in the lyrics of how you want to feel about yourself. And, you know, like we said, that was a period of, of change and growth for me and confidence coming out of sort of the old me. And it really spoke to me, these lyrics. As you say, the the lyrics have that sort of spiritual vibe yeah. about them, but yeah. there's something about the music um, that really solidifies that. Are there any elements in there that you, you feel more drawn to or that create that sort of stillness and settledness for you? I think the whole production feels that way, but vocally, it really, I find it really exciting and really evocative, like the way that the, you know, the vocal starts very stripped, and then throughout the record, he builds these harmonies and to the point where at the end of the song, it's like there's a, a gospel choir full of Prince singing back at you. Um, I think he really builds that, that mood in such a beautiful way. Um, I think the chords, this, you know, I, I don't know exactly how this relates, but I've been learning about, you know, how certain um, notes can relate to certain parts of your body like certain chakras like the heart chakra or whatever and I don't know if there's something in these chords where it's just sort of settles you down yeah there's um I noticed um the the bass like the low part of it mm-hmm. it just sticks on one note for so so long right. and there's, there's maybe a tiny moment where it moves but it's just it's this grounding note all the way through it that even yeah. when the vocals change it it sort of settles there that's really interesting. And I wonder if that allows you to pay even more attention to what he's saying to you, because there's there's not that much movement going on elsewhere. It's just, yeah, maybe that's why it sort of feels almost um, like a hymn in that sense, because you're just, you're still, you know, when you're listening to it. Mm. Having left uh, A&R to become mm-hmm. a, a full-time songwriter, do you feel like you can actually in, enjoy music for what it is? Or are you always <laughs> analysing everything that you hear? <laughs> 
no, I feel like I can enjoy music for what it is, definitely. I got to a point when I was doing my job, it was so busy and it was very stressful at times, even though it was pop music, you know, and it shouldn't be. You know, you've got people's lives and careers in your in your hands to some degree and, and it starts with the music for an artist. So there was a lot of responsibility and I think... Um, I got to a point where I wasn't listening to that much music for pleasure anymore. You know, it was, um, it was for references for the records I was making or, or whatever. And, and, and now I listen to music with fresh ears. Uh, and I think about, uh, not only how I can use it for my own songs, but just how it makes me feel again. And that's been really, really lovely. Just using it for pleasure again. Definitely. (laughs) It sounds like this, this Prince track was really, um, the soundtrack of you moving from one stage of life to another. Do you mm-hmm. do you feel like the song helped you with that? Is there something about it that will always connect you to that time? Yeah, I think what was quite a cool thing to do for me was to sort of separate myself from my old life and move somewhere new and try a new way of living and, you know, trust myself to write on my own in a new country, like all those kind of things. Like That will always stay with me. Um and I think having songs as those sort of markers in your life is really important. You know, like there's there's songs that I have that remind me of my honeymoon or that uh, my wedding or, you know, being 15 or the first time I heard Spice Up Your Life, whatever it was that just like was this moment in time. I think songs are so beautiful for that because, you know, somebody's used their experience. You can relate to it so perfectly and then you can look back on it through life and it will always remind you of how you felt and of moving forward. So that's the beauty in music, I think, one of the many beauties in music. Especially the song as well, just having having lyrics, being able to tie into where we are. And there's something about the music that connects it to to like beyond our heads and just really resonates with us. Um, Absolutely. Is there is there a lyric either in one of these songs or just in any song that's your like all-time favorite lyric that resonates with you the most well in the prince song i love the lyric even when there's no peace outside my window there's peace inside because life can be incredibly and is at the moment incredibly chaotic and we all have a lot to deal with um a lot to learn about ourselves in order to be able to make the right decisions stand up for the right things you know do what feels true to ourselves in this moment is so important. And I think what I've learned as I've gotten older and gone through all these different experiences is that it all starts inside of you. And, you know, that's why I say this song is like a meditation because if you can access that part of yourself that feels authentic and true and real, then you're much better equipped to go out into the world and share it with others. And that's what this song sort of represents to me. And you, uh, which is your, your favourite lyric of your own? We wrote a, another song in the Timberland sessions, Camille and I, um, and Guy, my co-A&R, we wrote a song called Oceans that's never never come out, and I think it will one day. It's really, really beautiful. And I think the lyric of the pre is, no one's ever seen beyond the horizon no one knows if they're going to weather the storm, but with you in this riptide's where I belong. I really like that lyric. Oh, <laughs> love it! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we so we, that that's like a, a sneak preview. That's uh, <laughs> so that's not out there yet. Yeah. 
No, but it's such a good song that, you know, when you've got one in the bag and you're like, that will come out one day because it's just brilliant. You just need the right artist to hear it. I think it might be a Nashville song. I think it might be a country song. All right, Taylor, if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Anya. Um, It's been fascinating talking to you. Ah, that was so good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, really. I th- what a fascinating woman. And uh, you know what I meant about the when I asked her about that uh, confidence that you could just mm. sense it, couldn't you? As she was talking about yeah. what she was doing for herself now. Yeah, it was almost like through through the writing process, she's just sort of finding her feet on it and just starting to really express herself um, and what what she wants to say, really. Which I suppose as a writer, that's going to happen. Like when you're always writing for someone else and working for other people finding your own voice in that must be a must be a challenge yeah i would say it's pretty brave isn't it what she's doing because she's always had the the cover of other people and and it's always been her job to to fluff them and and make them great and and she's always been in the background and now she's sort of finding her own way and actually it could be her that's the star Yeah. yeah i love that um it's that she's still able to listen to music and enjoy music for what it is because i think for a lot of people who do it as their jobs i don't know maybe you find that Chris, but sometimes to just go and listen to music for the sheer joy of it can can feel like a lot when you're doing it for your job. So I loved I loved that. Yeah, I'm guessing there's a certain white noise after a, a mm. one. That's what she talks about t- taking a break, didn't she? And yeah, coming yeah. back to it with, with fresh ears and a, a kind of new perspective. You've been listening to music therapist Louise Gregg and me, Chris Hawkins. For more information about music therapy, visit nordoff-robbins.org.uk. Nordoff Robbins Music Therapy is the UK's largest independent music therapy charity dedicated to bringing music therapy to those affected by mental health, life-limiting illness, isolation or disability.